Hello friends, Precious D here. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to issue a trigger warning. The topic of sexual assault comes up in this episode, so if that is a problem for you, you can just skip it or at least be aware so you know that it's coming. Thank you. And now, Monster Movie Fun Time Go. One, two, three, four. Hello everyone and welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am your host, Precious D. And I am your host, Honey Bee. Honey Bee, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Conga. I just want to start off by saying that I'm really disappointed that Conga was not a lady. Yeah, it seems like a female name. Yeah, I was like, oh, hell yeah, Lady Kong. No. uh, No, (laughs) now there, (laughs) at some point we will get to a movie called Queen Kong that I have not been able to finish because it is not good. Oh, no. It's meant to be a comedy, like a, a parody of King Kong. And it's just not as funny as they think it is. Uh, but yeah, they should have maybe called it Congo. Well, but that would sound like it's about a country if they called it Congo or a, or an area. But the poster says, not since King Kong has the screen exploded with such mighty fury and spectacles. So they're not trying to hide the fact that they're ripping off King Kong. Yeah. So it's from 1961. It's in color. 90 minutes. The director is John Lemont. Or oh. Lamont? Lamont, I guess. Jean Lemont. It stars Michael Goff as the biggest dick in the world, <laughs> Dr. Charles Decker. Our listeners would most likely have seen Mr. Goff as Alfred in the Batman movies from 1989 to 1997. Wow. Yeah, he is in all four of the films from, from that era. Three different Batman, but one Alfred through that period. I didn't recognize him. I didn't realize that until just today when I was checking out what else he was in. Margot Johns plays uh, Margaret, and George Pastel plays Professor Tagore. Oh, I wrote his name down because we're going to get to the racism factor in a minute. Uh, the budget is 500000 I don't know what the box office was. The featured monster is Dr. Charles Decker. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Why are all the men in these movies just so skeevy? He is the worst, I think, that we've seen so far. Oh, God. The monster's size is variable. I'm not exactly sure how big he ends up being at the end. 50 feet, 100 feet. Bigger than Kong, I think. It's hard to tell, though. Yeah. The death count is only six, though, as far as I could tell. Oh. And uh, no Wilhelm screams. Under the racism factor, I just wrote question mark. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, we don't see a lot of non-white people except sort of one guy. 
but they are spoken about. Yeah. And the doctor makes a point, as much of an asshole as he is, he makes a point of telling us that that they friendly. know a lot. They're they're friendly. They know a lot. They know had great wisdom, knew more than him, and even suggest that they're just as civilized. There's a scene in the beginning when somebody asks him, "Isn't it great to be back in civilization?" and uh, or he says something about your your so-called civilization. He's implying that societies or or tribes or whatever that are often labeled primitive are just as civilized and valid in their own way as our more technologically advanced society. Yeah. He also makes it a point to say that he wouldn't have gotten home without them. Yes. Yes. So even though we don't actually see them, they are presented in a positive light. Uh, he, yeah. however, is not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to him in a minute. Before I forget, though, I want to say, like our previous film, Gorgo, this one also had a Charlton comic book series that ran for 23 issues. And like the, like the Gorgo book, it changed its title to something else, to Fantastic Giants, with the 24th issue, and then was promptly canceled. Wow. So I, I think that was probably right at the same time. Those were being published concurrently, I think. And uh, it had a, later it had a three-issue miniseries. There was also a novelization. And there is a remake from 2020 called Conga TNT. Yeah, I saw that when I was looking for the movie. I was like, what? How do I not know about this? I've only watched a few minutes of it, and it is, it is bad. Really? We'll get to it eventually. But Wikipedia claims that it is based on the comic book series rather than being a remake of the movie. So I, I don't know what to make of that. Huh. But it also it features a ape that starts off normal size and gets bigger. For those of you who haven't actually seen the movie yet, that's that's what happens. Is this in the same like universe as King Kong or this is like a completely totally different mm. thing? No, no, it's it's totally different. It's its own thing. It's not the same company or anything. Nobody in the movie makes any reference to King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we were walking down the street and saw a giant gorilla, I think we'd go, holy shit, it's King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody would have to go, actually, that's Congo. But nobody nobody says that. But then again, his giant form is not on screen really long enough for anybody to say much of anything. Yeah. This movie is uh, strange in that we've seen a lot of a lot of scientists in the movies we've been watching. Some of them are misguided. Some of them make mistakes. Some of them are heroes. Some of them are responsible for what's happened, but then they try to fix it. This is the first just straight up evil mad scientist that we have come across in our movies that we're watching. Yeah, this guy is just a douche canoe. Dr. Douche Canoe. Yeah, he... And I think he might be the most straight-up evil character in general that we've run into. So far, yeah. What makes it so weird is that he's the protagonist. <laughs> he's not the yeah. villain that the main character is fighting against, like the guy in uh, Dinosaurus, Hacker. Hacker was a jerk, but I think even he wasn't quite as big of a jerk as, as this guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like in Tarantula, the guy was that accidentally created a giant tarantula monster 
was trying to solve world hunger. Right. He had good intentions. He just made some bad choices. Yeah. And I'm really confused as to what this guy thinks this research, like what he's going to do. Right. He's just doing research for its own sake and for the glory of it. And because he can with no clear goal in mind. Right. Uh, it's yeah, it's not at all clear what he wants to do. And his research is all over the place. Whack. I guess let's get into the plot and we'll deal with uh, his various degrees of bullshit as we get as to we them. go. I also wanted to say something that's super funny is that this movie is by the American International Pictures or the AIP Ape, LOL. Yes, AIP is a a division of MGM that distributed a number of the movies we've seen. I think they had something to do, or MGM did, with Gorgo, which may be how Charlton ended up doing comics for both of those characters. But yeah, AIP makes uh, a lot of crap, or distributes a lot of crap. But do they have apes in them? Well, apes? this one doesn't. <laughs> not all, you know what I mean. Not, <laughs> not all of them, though. <laughs> also, this movie is a real, I mean, we go from the 1950s into the 1960s, and there is just an abrupt change from last week's 1960 movie to this one we are now just one year in to the decade just full-blown 60s is happening here with the opening credits (laughs) it's all of these rectangles and squares in bright colors and the music and everything just looks so so much like so many other 60s movies that i've seen not that aren't even this kind of movie they could be anything but they have those kind of credits. It could be a spy movie or a comedy or, or anything. It's just aggressively 1960s, just right out of the gate. And then after these uh, credits, we see an airplane flying over the jungle, and then it a really bad special effect as it is meant to be flying into a tree and instantly explodes in a ball of flame. Yeah, it just basically spontaneously combusts. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just such a bad effect. And that's not how a plane crashes into the trees, you know. It's going to take out some trees as it goes down and maybe it'll catch on fire when it hits the ground. It's not going to just burst into a fireball like that. And then we see a news report an anchorman guy, he's wrapping up his first story and then he tells us that Dr. Charles Decker, the famous English botanist, and I'm calling bullshit right away. There are no famous botanists. This is uh, this is nonsense. That's hilarious. There's nobody who is a botanist whose disappearance is a big enough news story to make it onto the, the headline news. But he's telling us that this famous botanist has crashed or disappeared or whatever in Africa. And then we cut to a newspaper you know, extra, extra, and the headlines and stuff of a year later, Dr. Decker has returned. Yeah, in the first five minutes of this movie, we have gone through an entire year. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. A lot happens very quickly. Yes, and he's so famous that there are reporters waiting for him at the airport where he apparently just gets off the plane holding a chimpanzee in his arms. (laughs) 
who he introduces as Conga. And we find out that it was in Uganda his plane went down and he bailed out just in time. We did not see anybody bailing out just in time. They did not have the budget for that kind of a shot. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he tells us how he was found by some distant relatives of the Bantu tribe and they helped him. And this is where he says something about what you choose to call civilization. And that he could have gotten back earlier, but he wanted to study the insectivorous plants. Yeah, he at first refers to it as he had to research this special situation. Mm. (laughs) And all of this while he's like petting this baby monkey. Like, very mob boss, like petting a cat. But he's like just petting this baby (laughs) monkey, talking about this special situation. And he says he's on the verge of uh, finding the link or making a link between plants and animals. They ask if there's any other startling discoveries. I think he says perhaps. Yeah, he's like, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. And they ask about the pilot. Why is this just now coming up? This should have been in the newspapers already. And he says the pilot was killed. And I just feel like the way he says it, I just feel like he killed the pilot. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't actually have that thought or see that at first. But now that we're talking about it, I think you're right. I mean, we don't really see anything like that, but it does kind of seem like a a situation where either he caused the crash or he said, there's only one parachute and I'm taking it and shoots the pilot and (laughs) jumps out. Exactly the kind of guy who would have done that. Yeah, he's very capable of that for sure. For sure. And they ask him if he's going to write a book. And he says that, uh, well, my personal experiences are not important. But if I discover anything, you know, if anything of scientific importance comes out of this, then maybe I will. But we see later that he is very concerned about his personal glory. So I don't know if he's just bullshitting them. Totally. Oh, he's just trying to make himself look like such a great guy. Yeah. In this, yeah. like, coming back, like, oh, I'm, I am a hero. It isn't about me. <laughs> and it enters a uh, fucking Margaret, right? Yes. Yeah. Next scene is yeah. him and Margaret at uh, presumably his house. He's like, oh, it's so nice to have food and comfort and warmth and my reference books and my laboratory. And Margaret's like, uh, hello. I'm hello. Right here. What about this poster? <laughs> you haven't even mentioned uh, that you missed me. And he's like, oh, yes, of course I did. Uh, you've been my secretary, assistant, housekeeper, confidant, and most of all, good friend, in quotes. <laughs> to which she responds, calling a woman a good friend is almost an insult. This, uh, the thing with them, it's... Uh, they're... they're <laughs> They are living together. They are shacked up. It's only 1960, and they are not playing a couple of uh, free-love young hippies. They are well into their middle age. He is a professor at a university. Neither of them appear to have ever been married before. There's no clear reason why they aren't married, but they've clearly been living together and it is certainly heavily implied that they have been having sex together. 
we don't ever see it, and we don't see much in the way of physical affection, but from stuff that comes up later. Yeah, that's not because of her. That's because yeah. of him. We she, yes. we see that she wants that and that she like is trying to pursue that. And he, I want to feel so bad for Margaret at times. And then I'm like, fuck you, Margaret yeah. at other yeah. times. So it's kind of, I don't know. They're obviously living together and she has been living there apparently for the year that he's been missing. And taking care of <laughs> and, all his shit, like all his yeah. plants and his laboratory and all yeah. of his like yeah. bills and all that shit. She took care of it. Like he was in prison, but he just fallen out of a, a plane <laughs> and everyone thought he burned to a crisp. But, but for whatever reason, Somehow she I knew felt that you were still he was alive. alive. Yeah. 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 But she is just as bad as him in her own way. Because she, she, when things start, when he starts doing bad things, he thinks he's justified in all of his nonsense. She knows it's wrong and just lets it happen anyway. So she. Yeah, she's like, as long as you give a shit about me, you can do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Yeah. So she's just terrible in a slightly different way from him. Yeah. Uh, Ew. So then she tells us that uh, she's had the large cage built that he instructed. And he asks her if she's jealous of a chimp. And she, she's like, you treat him like he's of royal blood. And he's like, well, he, yes, he is. He is going to be the first in a line of kings. And I wrote Kongs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's going to be the first link in modern evolution between plant and animal life. I just don't get it. Like... I don't understand the study. I don't understand what he's like hyped about. Like his, yeah. like even, even when the, I, I just don't, I don't, I'm not sure I understand. Like what the well, fuck? Who gives a shit? No one in any of these movies understands anything about how evolution actually works or, or rather the writers don't. <laughs> and this whole idea of the connection between plants and animals. I mean, all life on earth is connected it all shares certain qualities but uh, this is just a bunch of nonsense he does get snippy with her for what he perceives as mocking him you know although of course they all mock me but you and she's like no 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 just tell me what the fuck you're talking about yeah so he's like well we may as well start now and they go to the greenhouse and he just starts tearing up all his old plants because he's brought some clippings back from Africa of the insectivorous plants. And she's like, what the hell? Like, I've been <laughs> taking care of this all year yeah. and you're just fucking it up. Yeah. And we we could have at least given the flowers to the hospital. He's like, oh, no, that, that was a generous but wasteful. We're going to turn into mulch to grow my crazy flesh-eating plants. <laughs> yeah, he <sighs> says it. He's like, that's generous but stupid. I was like, Dale. Yeah. I did read a little bit of the comic book and they tried to flesh out the backstory more. They actually showed some of his time in Africa and they showed that the tribesmen he was, he met were, were giants because they had been eating the seeds. And I think it would actually came out before the movie. They might've been working off of the screenplay or something because the drawing of the guy doesn't look like, like the guy in the comic has a beard and the actor does not. Also in the comic Conga is a monkey to start with. Again, not understanding how evolution works. Conga is clearly a monkey who then changes into a chimpanzee, who then changes into a gorilla, as if these are steps on an evolutionary ladder that one leading into the other. And that is not how it works. 
Yeah, when he gets bigger in this one too, I was like, he's so he's just a different fucking monkey now. Yeah, he's a di- well. Okay, so technically he is an ape. Uh, this is what I mean. Monkeys have tails. Apes do not. And in the comic book, he starts off as a monkey. He's got a tail, and uh-huh. then he turns in. They inject him, and he turns into a chimpanzee. And then they, as the experiment progresses, he turns into a gorilla. Uh huh. That is not. You know, gorillas are not large chimpanzees. They're a different yeah, right. species. <laughs> and and yeah. a monkey is not a monkey is not a less evolved chimpanzee. It's its own thing. Right. People who don't understand evolution say things like, Well, if evolution's true, then why are there still monkeys? Why didn't they all evolve into humans like we did? And like, no, that is not how it works. <laughs> That's yeah. not how any of this works. Right. But anyway, he he uh, he tears everything up and he wants to he's going to plant his new plants he brought from Uganda. And we need to turn the heat up to 90 degrees and they grow fast and their characteristics can be transferred. She says, what characteristics? And he says, well, they're human characteristics, which is just nonsense. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Like what? Like what? Give me an example, please. <laughs> yeah, the, is their cell structure more like the cells of an animal than a normal plant, or what? What the? What do you mean? Right. Nothing, There's... because the writer knows nothing about science. <laughs> uh, but the witch doctor explained it all to him. So, okay. Uh, Margaret can't stand the heat, so she gets out of the greenhouse. <laughs> if you can't stand the heat, get out of the greenhouse. In the next scene, Conga is in the cage that uh, the aforementioned cage that Margot had built and uh, Margaret brings in tea. This is where like, yeah, yeah, she definitely lives there. She's still there. (laughs) First thing in the morning, she's there. And the doctor is extracting juice from the leaves of the plants that have, it's not clear how much later this is, but the plants have already started growing and he's extracting juice from them. Is did he already is this when he start is he did he already have the witch doctor conversation with her? Was that at night or is that the next morning? He mentioned the witch doctor in the previous scene and now he's talking about how the witch doctor used it oh, the, yeah, this extract okay. on uh, stunted animals. Yes. To can like to control them. He says, Don't be fooled by the word primitive as applied to witch doctors. He knew stuff. That's not the exact quote, but he's like, he knew all kinds of shit. He taught me all kinds of things. Yeah. And like, it was like controlling his patients and shit. Yes. Like, did he like drug them? Yeah. He mentions how much, how well he was able to control his patients with seeds. And he's going to put the seeds in with the extract of the uh, leaves. He's somehow going to combine the seeds, which I guess are mind control seeds, with mm-hmm. the leaves, which are rapid growth leaves. <laughs> Don't know. None of it's very clear. But he goes from being a botanist to being a guy who's doing experiments in mind control and animal growth. Rapid animal growth. <laughs> and species change. And incorporating plant characteristics into humans. Or it's all He's just all over the damn place. Yeah, it's all very confusing. And, of course, he's just insane about the whole thing because there's no purpose to any of this. Uh, but the the mixture he's making boils over and Tabby, the cat, licks it up. <laughs> and Tabby gets two to the head. Yeah, he instantly shoots the cat because he's just got a gun 
laying around, as you, you know, do, yeah. in England. When you're a scientist. Yes, yes. But in England, where, you know, guns are not nearly as prevalent as they are here, or as legal as they are here, he just picks up a little handgun and puts one, puts a cap in that cat. Because a few drops may, and, and yells at Margaret, a few drops made of, may would have made him swell up and I don't have time to deal with a house cat the size of a leopard and we'll have to bury him in the yard tonight. Ooh. <laughs> uh, reminds me of an old Monty Python sketch. Oh yeah? Oh yeah, I was up for four hours last night burying the cat. Four hours to bury a cat? Well, he wouldn't sit still. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> oh, wasn't he dead? No, but as we were going away for a fortnight, I figured we better deal with him now. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, anyway, <laughs> the greenhouse is now full of, full of big ass sea plants, <laughs> <laughs> big ass carnivorous plants in the greenhouse, uh, big puppet plants with their big, tongues they look lolling like big out. Black peepees. <laughs> Some of them do, yeah. Some of them are um, sort of pitcher plants with their. Uh, tongues hanging out i don't think those kind of plants have tongues but these ones do and the fly traps are just randomly opening and closing their mouth like you know fly traps which is not how those work they don't just open and close constantly hoping to catch a fly (laughs) they wait till a fly lands and then they close on them but you know they went to the trouble of building these puppets and they want to show us they work if you were like a kid in the 90s and you ever watched that movie uh Ernest scared stupid or whatever. These some uh-huh. of these plants are very like those plants. <laughs> and the little yeah, was very like I've seen this somewhere. Where was it? <laughs> oh yeah, that's Ernest scared stupid. Very similar uh, plant. I've seen it, but I don't remember the plants in it. I think it's not the pl- I think it's like the like pods or something. Like the pods for the monster babies kind of look like the plants at the very end that are opening and closing their little mouths okay. <laughs> like the first plants when he walks in the room and's like throwing meat in its mouth yeah he comes in and he's feeding them big old chunks of meat and tells us that they have grown this big in a week he clips some leaves and then goes back to the lab then he has prepared the extract and injects conga with it conga which is i not have happy. to say this monkey is an incredible actor <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he was acting I think you really thought he was about to get jabbed. Yeah. (laughs) But then it seems like he doesn't because he kind of puts his hand behind him and probably doesn't really jab him. And the monkey calms down as soon as he's not seeing the needle. As soon as he can't see the needle anymore, (laughs) he calms down. So I don't think he actually jabbed him. Yeah, I don't either. (laughs) But yeah, he was not happy about what he thought was going to happen. And then they do this... This very weird ripple effect, like normally you would do for like a flashback. Yeah, like in but, Wayne's World or something. Like, yeah, <laughs> that is the thing. Yes, this is the sort of effect that Wayne's World is making fun of when yeah. they do that. Right. But they're not doing it for a flashback or anything. They're doing it to cover Conga growing. And I don't, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, it's because they don't have good effects. So I guess they figure if we just just do a ripple, then this cross, this cross fade will look better if we do this stupid ripple effect over it. But it, it doesn't indicate, it's, 
it's not indicating that time is passing because they're just standing next to him watching this happen. Yeah. So it's just really weird. Konga grows uh, mm-hmm. a few feet. He's still a chimpanzee at this point, but he grows uh, a few feet. He's happy that it works. And Margaret is, says, it's all clear to me now. Because I guess he didn't really explain what the fuck he was doing until this moment. Yeah. <laughs> when she just sees the ape, the ape grow. And the next scene, and then, we get, yes, a film presentation. He's actually doing his real job teaching at the university. Which, I, I... He is showing us what is meant to be footage he took while he was in Africa. And he says, uh, incidentally, I was able to rescue my camera and some of my equipment before I bailed out of the plane. <laughs> In in case anybody in the audience is wondering why this makes no sense that I have this footage, I grabbed some shit just as I was jumped on the... Which also kind of, like, checks out with the, he killed the other dude, he killed the pilot, and... (laughs) Right. Not only did he make it, but all his fucking equipment made it, like... Yeah. And now here, I think, is where we maybe need to up the racism factor a little bit, because this footage is just a bunch of random stock film of Africans from all over the place. This is not consistently one group. And Uh I don't know enough about uh, the Bantu speaking tribes. Yeah. And the... Bagnadas, Bagnadas, I don't know, whatever, whatever group he says, I think he's made up a group that they're supposed to be part of. But it just looks like random shots of a whole bunch of different tribes who don't Mm -hmm. all look like they belong to the same, you know, culture. Yeah. And he's narrating this and telling us about it and that they love dancing. And this guy was a witch doctor that had pet snakes and his name was Masaba, which... Uh, we don't, we don't ever find it. We don't need to know his name. I guess it's just to make it seem like he's really telling us about things he really experienced by mentioning the guy's name. But he doesn't affect the plot in any way. Yeah. So the film ends, opens the blinds, and that's this is when he says, "Incidentally, it was a stroke of luck. I was able to rescue my camera and part of my equipment when I bailed out." And then we get the fucking Sandra. Yes. What I wrote something about plant hormones for tomorrow. Tomorrow's lesson will be plant hormones, I guess. Uh, Yeah, the bell rings, class dismissed, and we meet Sandra and Bob. Sandra is staying to help. Yeah. Uh, When when Sandra walks up to Dr. Douchebag, I was like, damn, Sandra leaves some room for Jesus. But then I, (laughs) because she just gets really, like, close to him, like, just really walks up. But then I realized, you know, um, wait a second. Sandra is not the problem. Sandra is the kid here, which I mean, it's a college. It's okay. I mean, it is college. So it's not like so. It's not illegal, but it's it's inappropriate. It's not illegal, but it is inappropriate, like insanely inappropriate. So Sandra is a lady scientist in training. Ooh. Does, Does not come off like a lady scientist at all. Everybody keeps telling us. She and everyone around her keeps telling us how interested she is in science and how important her studies are to her. Mm-hmm. But she just doesn't come off that way at all. The actress's performance is not grounded in what everybody's telling us about the character. And also, I mean, at, I just want to know what the hell 
Sandra is going on with Sandra's hair. And like, I just think, <laughs> like, what is it? Is it a mullet? Or is she pulling it the sides back to make it? I, I couldn't Isn't tell. she got some kind of beehive going on? I don't know what the fuck it is, but I can't tell it's if very I like 60s it. I don't know if I, I don't know if I hate it. I just want to know what it is. I don't, I don't know. It's, it was, I, I need to, I was just confused. In some scenes I'm just like, did she just wake up? Like, is she, she got, I don't I mean, know. She, got a very, she has a very 60s hairstyle going on. Sandra very, is very, very, um, groomed oh god I hate she this. she obviously puts a, pays a lot of attention to her appearance i think that's part of why i'm not quite buying her as a caring about her studies mm-hmm. but anyway the doctor is all like sandra how you've grown and it just Ew. comes off as a total creep it's disgusting and she uh she's oh she mentions she's studying not only botany but chemistry and physics after her after his course she's going to study chemistry and physics so she's just really into all kinds of science but he is totally creeping on her hard hard it is not at all clear at this point whether she is oblivious or whether she's into it yeah at this point i was like i can't decide yeah if i'm like if this is like uncomfortable or if this is wanted, warranted. Oh, well, it's definitely it's definitely uncalled for uh, from him, regardless yeah. of regardless of how she feels about it. He's being completely inappropriate. Plus, he's got a lady friend back home. Yeah, yeah, Margaret. Hello, <laughs> Margaret. Remember, it's me again, Margaret. <laughs> So we'll come back to Sandra later, but first he has a meeting with Dean Foster, who complains that the school is getting repercussions over his interview. And then we kind of find out in this moment when he, I feel like we kind of find out in this moment what his whole study is about or what his goal is, and it's to change the shape of human beings. And I yeah. just don't understand. Yeah, it seems like he's eventually going to use this process on humans. But for what purpose? Making us bigger doesn't help anything. It just means we need to eat more food and we'll take up more space. So oh. that's not that's not good. Just making humans bigger for the sake of being bigger is pointless. Yeah, also, the vein in the middle of his forehead during this entire scene was, like, freaking me the fuck out. <laughs> uh, but apparently whatever he said about the um, closer evolutionary link between plants and animals in, in the interview is causing some backlash. And he's like, uh, but I'm doing this not just for me, but the greater glory of the school, which is a lie. And he mentions directed mutation. So that is part of his plan to, you know, force evolution through directed mutation. And the dean says, you're mad. But you just need some rest after, you know, your year in the jungle. Uh, He's talking about uh, trailblazers are always mocked. No one will prevent me from giving my knowledge to the world. And the world doesn't want your crazy ass knowledge. Yeah, you fucking whack job. Uh, 
Later back at home, Conga is serving tea because you can train movie chimpanzees to do that kind of shit. <laughs> Margo, Mar, uh, Margaret, I keep wanting to call her Margo. The actress is Margo. The character is Margaret. Margaret is like, I told him to get the tea and he did. This, uh, this ape is both a genius and a total idiot. Or they all are. I think this is just like the scene that's supposed to like establish that Conga knows English. <laughs> yes, because he talks to him later as if in very complex sentences, as if he is intended to understand. Yeah. I mean, we all talk to our pets, but we un- we know that their understanding of what we're saying is very limited and the doctor does not behave that way. Right. He's like, Conga, I need you to follow these very specific and complicated instructions. <laughs> I need you to go up two streets, turn left, go <laughs> two more streets that way, turn right. You know, he's he's very. Uh, but he asks, he asks her if uh, the figures are right and he's growing in proportion and he bitches about the dean not understanding and margaret says if you can just give him proof he's like well that won't do any good he's made up his mind but i'll go ahead and try anyway is the new the new serum is ready please leave i want to be alone with conga which was weird weird and i have to say this particular uh little fellow was not as good of an actor as the last one (laughs) you mean the one we're about to see yeah yeah so he injects him with a new serum we get the stupid effect again and the live chimpanzee grows into a gorilla a different species a gorilla but more accurately a man in a gorilla costume yeah it's very sesame street like very. it's totally beverly hillbillies just annie gilligan's island just the same shitty gorilla costume you'd see in any low budget sitcom from this period just a shitty gorilla costume in which the actor makes no effort to move like an actual gorilla he just Stands up straight the whole time. He maybe slouches a little, but gorillas walk around on their fists most of the time and occasionally stand up on their hind legs. But no, there's none, no method acting here. Just a guy walking around in a gorilla costume. (laughs) His eyes are just like fucking hysterical. Yeah, his very human looking eyes peering out of this expressionless gorilla mask. Yeah. And then he went like hypnotizes him yes the, uh, so this is where he's talking to conga like he's a human in that he pulls out a light and starts hypnotizing him i don't it's a lot of uh um, <laughs> it's unclear whether hypnotism actually works at all but it's certainly not going to work on a gorilla but apparently like part of this like seed or drug or what the fuck ever that he puts in the serum yeah. makes it where he can control. He's just right. I don't, I don't. Yes, he's already established that the seeds have some kind of mind control, but then he does this weird light hypnotism thing as well. Yeah. And a very weird speech about we know each other much better than the world suspects. 
I don't know what that's meant to imply. It's fucking weird. But Kanga seems to understand. And he Question talks about how you, <laughs> you used to have many fears. Now you have none because I've made because I've turned you into a fucking gorilla and you were just a little chimpanzee who was afraid of all kinds of shit. But now you're a giant ass gorilla and you you're strong. <laughs> And tonight will be the first test of your obedience. Oh, God. And then um, he calls for Margot to come down. And she says, it's astounding. And I said out loud, time is fleeting. (laughs) Madness takes its toll. That's crazy. And then in the next scene, uh, the Dean's uh, chilling out in his office after hours like you do, and Conga breaks into the dean's office and kills him. Oh, yeesh. Yeesh, yeesh, yeesh. And this is really when you get the very dude in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. If it wasn't apparent before, it really is. Oh. Yeah. Then there's newspaper head- headlines, college dean assassinated in his office. And we cut to no, Scotland Yard. No, no, no. The police are going over their findings. His neck was broken. His clavicle was crushed. There no sign of a weapon. All they found was black hairs, black animal hairs. There's this weird part, though, where he says the weapon must have been an arm. And I yeah. said, what? Yeah, I guess it just meant somebody beat him to death with their bare hands or choked him with their arm. Or I don't know. Yeah, He mm. tore off his arm and beat him, tore off his own arm and beat him to death with it. <laughs> but the, these police do not solve the case. They are useless and pointless. This is not only just a bad movie, it's sort of a badly structured movie in that we introduce these police characters who normally would be our sort of heroes who solve the problem, but they don't. They don't. They never figure out what's going on. Yeah. Maybe at some point when the movie's over, they go back and put pieces together, but they don't solve anything. They're just pointless. But they, they know at this point that the hairs found on the victim are animal hairs, but there's no reports of any beasts escaping from the zoo or circus or any other place. Which I thought was hilarious. He's like, we checked the zoo <laughs> and the circus, and it seems all those animals are there and no one's escaped to kill anyone. So I was just like, what the fuck? Next scene, Margot has the paper and she knows what's up. She's like, you killed him. And you he just tries to pull foster. some some bullshit. Just like, uh, what? I didn't kill him. I was nowhere near him. And she's like, don't give me that bullshit. I know you trained your gorilla to kill him. And that is the same thing as you killing him. You can't go into court and say, what? I just hired someone to kill that guy. I didn't kill him. That <laughs> doesn't work yeah. that way. Same thing. You train your animal to kill someone and then instruct him to kill him. You are responsible. Yeah. But he claims that the reason he did it is I had to test his obedience by making Conga kill. Why? This this yeah, makes no like, sense. He was like, I was going to have to do it. He, uh, I had to kill somebody to prove. Right. And it's yes. like, it it makes no sense at all but then also he says to her okay fine we killed dean foster and i was like is he talking about her too like is he trying to make her out to be like 
And I it, think like, he's just an, acknowledging Conga and I killed him, but she is an accessory after the fact. Yeah, it's not at all clear to me why the obedience part of the experiment is important and why is there no other way to test his obedience? Yeah. You could just do all the kind of standard dog training shit you do to test his obedience. Yeah, and then he's like, well, I could have gotten a prostitute, but the dean tried to get in my way. And I just like to say here that sex work is real work. So fuck you, you piece of shit. But yeah, his excuse is I could have just picked a, a, a prostitute or, or a, I think you mentioned a couple of other potential victims, but why not take out the guy that's in my way? But no, you didn't have to kill anybody. You could have tested his obedience in, in another way, and but your experiment in his obedience is stupid. Yeah. No, there's no good would come of this anyway, because then what? Your, your goal is to then mind control humans? That's not necessary. Yeah, but then it gets... So much worse with fucking Margaret right here. I can't believe yes. this. This pissed me off so bad. Margaret then blackmails him into agreeing to marry her. Oh, which my God. He agrees to do while still claiming, well, you're not blackmailing me, but I'll do it anyway if that's what you want. Yeah, he's like, he's like, okay, I'm going to prove to you that I'm like actually a good guy and I'm generous. What do you want? You can have anything you want. And this bitch says, marry me. Well, he, I mean, he knows that's what she's going to ask. She's already implied it. Oh, God. Yes, she's tired. She's tired of everybody whispering behind her back about the fact that they're shacked up together and aren't married. Which, in yeah, in, 19, in 1960 is still kind of a big deal. And especially people of their age, because they've probably been shacked up since the mid fifties. <laughs> so he he agrees. But he does say, I don't have to, but I will anyway, or words to that effect. I put right here, are you fucking kidding me, Margaret? Where is Sandra in Charles's mind right now? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like confused at this point. I'm like, okay, so what the fuck is actually happening? And then I said, wow, this is where I said, wow, I wonder if the dead pilot was as much of a piece of shit as this guy. But that was before <laughs> you were like, I think he might have killed that guy. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to find out later where Sandra is in his mind, because yeah, I think at this point he's already made definitely made the decision that we'll find out about in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote, is the temperature actually really high in here? Because they are very sweaty. Well, it's and supposed I, to be. Are they in the greenhouse? Are they in the greenhouse at this point? Or are they just sweating in the tea room? <laughs> I think they're just in the in the regular house, but they are sweating a lot. And then uh, he he says, "We'll get married when the semester's over." Mm -hmm. But shut up until then. <laughs> yeah, because I have no actual like. I'm not actually going to marry you. Yeah, but I need to keep you quiet until my experiment's done, so so that you can continue to cook my sandwiches. Bitch, show me your titties. <laughs> God. Then at the uh, police station, they're interviewing Dean Foster's secretary. Which I thought, had... Miss, I thought this girl, this actress was very good. Oh, yeah. She's, she does a good job of being upset about the Dean's death. I don't know if I can say that Dr. Decker is bad he's very over the top but he's giving it a hundred percent it's it's all ridiculous but he is committing a hundred percent to this piece of shit movie that he said but yeah she she's gives a very good and realistic performance it says he doesn't have any 
enemies, but she heard loud voices during his meeting with Dr. Decker. Mm-hmm. And then she, she leaves and they question Decker. <laughs> he says, he's talking about how upset she was. And he says, well, you know how it is with spinsters. Well, you know, those spinsters. She has absolutely you know, nothing else except this now dead man. Yeah, she put all her energy into being his uh, secretary, and so now she's ups- She's not upset because a person she cared about and worked with yeah. every day is dead, like a normal <laughs> fucking human being would be. It's just because she's a spinster and has nothing else in her life. Yeah. yeah. Dick. <laughs> Douchebag. So they question him about the meeting, and he claims it was about insectivorous plants. And did you quarrel? No, we had it was nothing personal. We just had a you know scientific disagreement. A healthy debate, you will. But we scientists are dispassionate about these things. We we never train our pet gorillas to kill each other because we get so mad about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> And the police just wanted to clear the air. And then one of the police says that, uh, you know, detection of crime is a science, too. So uh, one scientist to another, do you have any theories? And he says, no, no, I deal in life, not death, which is just a fucking lie. Yeah. Yep. You're a death dealer, sir. And cut to a party at the doctor's house. Arte. He has invited a bunch of the faculty and their wives and friends and whatever, and some and turban guy. To, yeah, we get to meet a scientist that's doing the same whack ass study that this <laughs> fucking douchebag right. is doing. So this is um, uh, this is part of our. I don't know where the racism factor is on this show. This actor, George Pastel, he is in real life. He's from Cyprus. Which is sort of in the eastern Middle East. It's kind of near Egypt. It's kind of near Syria. It's it's a little island nation. And in movies, he's always playing some sort of, usually a bad guy in a spy movie or something like that. And uh. he's wearing a turban in this one. So it seems like he's meant to be some sort of an Indian or Pakistani or something other than what his actual ethnicity is. And it's not entirely clear to me if he's wearing some brown face or not, if he's, you know, made up to be a little darker than he actually is. But he is presented as a intelligent and competent fellow scientist. Not exactly sure why they put this turban on him when it's not important to the character in any way. And it's not the actual ethnicity of the actor. The the guy could have been anything. Yeah. So they're like, let's meet around midnight. <laughs> yes. The, Professor Tagore is the other scientist, and they kind of do a little verbal sparring, trying to feel each other out about, what are you working on? Well, what are you working on? Well, I think we're working on the same thing. Should we work together? Why don't together? we join forces? Would you yeah. like to form an alliance with me? <laughs> <laughs> and Tagore says no. Yeah. But you can come over and talk about it a little bit later. Yeah, I don't want you to steal my thunder, but you can come and, like, look at my shit. And this is not quite how science works either, but sort of. There is a whole thing about you got to publish or die, and there's a little bit of you don't want people stealing your work. But then there comes a point where you do have to show people your work, and then they're going to check it. They're going to do peer review. 
and somebody and if it's good work somebody's going to try to replicate it to see if it's real yeah and that's a necessary part of science is other people doing your stuff after you or with you or concurrent with you and it's not really this sort of hiding everything from everybody until i then unleash my groundbreaking work upon the world it's more incremental thing with lots of people working with each other and alongside each other and double checking each other mm -hmm. but these are mad scientists so <laughs> they're in a movie that knows nothing about anything and they're like let's meet at the stroke of midnight no homo <laughs> Tagore does mention knock loud when you get there because I have no servants which also means no witnesses Wah, wah, bah, 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 bah. Sorry, I don't know why I went into Phantom of the Opera right there. <laughs> uh, funny you should mention that because I believe our lead actor was in a version of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> what? Who was? The main guy. Oh, nice. That's funny. Yes, in 1962, the next year. Weird. He plays wow. Ambrose Darcy in Phantom of the Opera. Uh, a Hammer film production. Uh, it says a loose adaptation. Yes, they take some liberties. I can't. I'm not sure if I've seen this version or not. I... Oh, that's funny. So then we go to a scene with little Margaret. Yeah, Margaret's little wrapping up the party. He talks about how important the party was. Because they, I don't like parties, but this was important. I had to, I don't know what, look good in front of the faculty or some shit. Mm -hmm. And tells her good night. No, he doesn't tell her good night. He says, Margaret, you look tired. Go to bed. And she's like, oh, yes, you know what? You're right. I do look tired. Good night, darling. Stupid bitch. <laughs> I hate these two. I really, I really don't like these two. No, they're terrible. So, yeah, then Dr. Dushkanu drives to the other scientist's house in a big black van. <laughs> right, because cause he's hiding a gorilla in the back gorilla. of that van. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, my, it's my gorilla van. My <laughs> gorilla hauling van. As he enters, he leaves the door ajar so that the gorilla can come in after him. Uh, they talk Aww. about science and changing life from one form to a higher form and the godlike power of creation. And he tells Tagore he won't allow him to obliterate my work and glory. Tagore says, can you provide the necessary proof to convince the world? And he says, yes, I can and shall when the time is right. You're too late, Conga chokes him from behind he reaches through the bookshelf tagore's got his back to these bookshelves that are uh, open it's a very <laughs> 60s kind of thing they're not up against the wall they're sort of between the entryway and the living room and conga reaches through the bookshelves and chokes dr tagore from behind yeah he's like he just you are too late and conga's <laughs> like that's my cue ah! yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, he's like, that's me. Remember, Conga, when we get in there, I will pontificate for a while. And then when you hear me say, you're too late, that's when I want you to grab him. Trust me, it'll play really well. And then Conga uh, smash. He tears up the, the stuff, throws the uh, table around and throws some shit around. And then the doctor calms him down and says, uh, you know, good job, Conga. Let's go home. 
Get in the van. Let's go. Come on, boy. In the morning, he's off to work, and he's got a little lunchbox and reminds Margaret to feed Conga. And then uh, we cut to outside uh, of Essex College. I don't know if they mentioned it before, but we see a sign that says Essex College. And he's loading all the kids into the back of his gorilla hauling truck to take them on a field trip to study mosses and ferns. (laughs) (laughs) It tells them they all got to sit in the floor in the back. Not safe. Definitely not safe. And I don't know that seatbelts were standard yet at this point in time. I don't think they were. There was a time, boys and girls, when seatbelts were not required in cars. And when the car industry resisted installing them. But the public actually wanted it. Uh, Eventually it was required by law, but it was something the public actually wanted when they knew it was an option. Yeah. Oh, and one of the kids is named Hermione, which made me smile. I know. And she's such a, like, cutie patootie. (laughs) I loved loved her. She was like like her red hair and her red lipstick and her... uh, She Uh was just adorable. Adorable. (laughs) The doctor tells Sandra to sit up front with him. And Bob is like, Professor, is there enough room for me up there, too? And he's like, cock blocked. Boom. No, sir. Not now, Bob. You'll have to do your courting on your own time, Bob. Yeah. I can't be. And then he reminds everyone, he's like, remember, everyone, this is just because we're out of class. It's still a study period. It's just being moved to the outdoors. So nobody but me try to make time with Sandra, because that's not why you're here. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Ew. in the back of the van everybody teases bob about what a fucking loser he is and how much time the professor's making with his girl and one of the other girls is like but sandra cares about his studies and not you bob you big fucking loser (laughs) (laughs) and one of the guys has brought his little transistor radio with him and turns it on to the generic instrumental pop music station that's in all of these movies. <laughs> and I feel like, did you see um, Sandra give a little bit of side eye right mm-hmm. here? I yes. This is the first, first, I was like, oh, okay, okay. This is why I questioned her later. There's a lot of inconsistency with this performance because the professor is saying, uh, you know, Sandra, I haven't always thought of you as just a student and... I'm hoping we can carve out a little time just for ourselves this afternoon. And yeah, she looks at him sideways like she knows what's up. She understands what he means and doesn't seem upset about it. Right. Which is inconsistent with the way she behaves with Bob later and then ultimately towards the end of the film. It seems at this moment that she's okay with the idea. Yeah. Oh, God damn so he stops the van. Everybody gets out. The doctor digs up a fern and shows them all the roots and explains some botany shit. And it looks like it might rain. He's like, oh, I'm sure it'll pass. But if it doesn't, we'll meet in the ranger's hut. Now, uh, you guys all go find some plants. And I left my lunch in the truck. I'm going to go get it. So that Bob and Sandra can be alone to have a little argument. So Sandra complains basically that Bob's too clingy. Yeah, she's like, you're smothering me. Yeah, he's all like, but Sandra, I love you. And she, I'm not ready for that sort of love. And I've got to do my studies. And uh, does he imply things about the teacher at this point? 
I think so. No, I don't think yet. I don't think he does yet. At some point he does, and she's like, it's not like that. But everybody teases, teases Bob again. They all know what's up. But Bob accuses them of having filthy minds, even though he was just thinking the same fucking thing. Then there's thunder and rain, so they all run to the ranger's hut. And a dance party breaks out because the guy's got his little radio with him. <laughs> and the doctor and Sandra enter. And he's like, well, it looks like an all day rain when he was just saying earlier, I'm sure it's going to pass. Yeah. He didn't check the weather report before they planned this, this excursion. So he's like, oh, there's no sense in carrying on. Let's all get back. Sandra will. Apparently he and Sandra drove the van up closer to the hut and uh, she'll show you where where we parked. And they all start to leave while he's getting ready to shut down and Bob stays behind to confront the doctor. Yeah, he has a come to, coming to Jesus with Dr. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah. He acts like he doesn't know what Bob means. Whatever are you talking about? And there's some yelling and then the doctor just slaps him and they start fighting. <laughs> And the doctor is losing. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, is Bob going to kill him? And then I was like, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, is Conga going to show up and kill Bob? Like, (laughs) in the middle of what is happening here? Not yet. But I think here we see that Bob is an asshole in his own way. Because Bob doesn't know just how bad the doctor is. Yeah. He doesn't know anything about Conga and the murders. He just knows that he doesn't like the way the doctor looks at his not even girlfriend, his almost girlfriend, his potential girlfriend. Well, she kind of kisses him earlier, like when they leave, when they're leaving each other. Yes, but but later he says this is going to be our first date, like actual date. So they've been hanging. They've been hanging out at school, but they haven't actually gone on a proper date together. So it's weird. But anyway, he responds to this to this suspicion by trying to strangle an old man. <laughs> so we know that Decker has this coming, but Bob doesn't. Bob is just overly emotional and <laughs> not in control and uh, says things that are that are potentially terribly inappropriate to his teacher and then tries to strangle him. That's so funny. <laughs> but then he snaps out of it and <laughs> lets him up and apologizes and they agree not He's to like, talk oh, about it. Oh my God, I'm so sorry, Teach. <laughs> sorry about that. I was just so crazy with jealousy. Please. Yeah. Sorry about that. Just act like this never happened. Yeah, but then the but the professor is also like, uh, don't tell anybody about this don't because tell he knows anybody that you whoop my ass. He knows he had yeah. it coming. Uh, well, yeah, also maybe he doesn't want anyone to know he got his ass kicked. But he's like, this doesn't yeah. make either of us look good. <laughs> Better for both of us to, to forget it. Only he's not going to forget it. He's going to sick his gorilla on the poor boy. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, later Bob's at home with his family having dinner. Which I and... loved his family. <laughs> his little his siblings. Sister... Yeah, his sister's very much like, ooh, he's going on a date. Ooh, I have a boyfriend. He's ooh, in and the, love. Yeah, and the younger brother's just like, ooh, girls, ick, yuck. Cooties. And then the father is like, um, you need to f- 
get your shit straight with this girl because it's interfering with your studies, you dumbass. Yeah. But then also tells him to, hey, just play it cool. Like the Americans say. As the Americans say, play it cool. (laughs) Play it cool. So he's both kind of telling her, telling him, uh, you shouldn't be so obsessed with this girl. It's not good for you. But if you want to get this girl, here's how to do it. (laughs) Just play it cool. So dad's got all over. And mom's just, I don't know, sort of there. Yeah, she cooked dinner, uh, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. She she <laughs> says a little. I don't can't remember what she said, but um, she's just kind of mediating the whole thing. Uh, but Bob's Bob's leaving. He's not going to stay to eat. He's going on his his big date and does not make it out of the driveway. Oh yeah, this this was <sighs> kind of scary. This uh, like after Conga strangles Bob and he's just dead in the driveway with his eyes open. Yeah. Oof, yeah. that was scary. I was like, ooh, hell no. Nah. Yeah, he's getting on his little Vespa scooter to go on his date because uh, who doesn't like to be picked up on a scooter for a on date? Vespa? <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's kind of terrible. Well, it seems cool now, but at the time, she's probably like, you don't have a car? You got this fucking... <laughs> anyway, Conga grabs him from behind and strangles him. And yeah, and the, the scooter's laying there with the wheel still spinning. Mm-hmm. And the family must have heard something because they all come running out and it's very traumatic for them. Yeah. The sister holds the little brother and the mother's over and the, you know, it's 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 terrible. It's really bad. It was scary. I was like, "Oh man, this is pretty brutal." The doctor is uh meanwhile waiting at the van a little bit down the road for Conga to come back and a couple of bobbies, a couple of policemen pass by. But do not uh, do not see the man suspiciously lurking near the unmarked and windowless uh, van. <laughs> uh, he gets Kong in the van. They drive off, and I notice the doctor never closes his driver's side door of the van. It's like a little sliding yeah, door. Yeah. Every time he starts to drive off with the door still open, and then yeah. apparently will close it once he gets going. <laughs> Later, the police are questioning the family. The kid had no enemies. He was popular. He had a date that night. And they're like, oh, was, well, do you think it was like someone who liked the girl? And they're like, no, she's not like that. She's the, stu- yeah. the studious type. Yes. She doesn't look it, though. I know it's a stereotype. Hot girls can be into science, I guess. But also, I don't think she's really that hot. But that's another thing. Uh, they, but yeah, she's not that kind of girl. So then the police are later are talking they know the three murders are connected because i guess the hairs and they all went to the same school two of them were professors at the school one of them was a student but there's no logical motive the hairs are the only clue and the lab says it belonged to a chimpanzee or related animal let's question everyone at the school but we never get to see that because they don't solve anything the next morning, Margaret's upset about this third murder. Why did you kill this boy? What are you having with your poached eggs murder? <laughs> and again, he tries to pull this I didn't kill him bullshit. It's like, don't give me those technicalities. Yeah, the doctor acts like she's the asshole. Yeah. And he's like, what, you want to leave me? Like, Yeah, you know, I like had to test head. Conga's obedience. Um, but she doesn't understand the other two people were in his way. So she's willing to excuse those murders, but this boy didn't do anything. She doesn't know that the boy was in his way in a, just for a different goal. 
And uh, yeah, you were saying about leaving him. Yeah, like, he's like, "Do you want to leave me?" Like he's like putting it out there, like he's giving her the out, you know, because he wants yeah. her, obviously. Yeah. Like, oh, do you want to leave me? Just go. And she's like, "No." And I'm like, "Fucking Margaret." Yeah, yeah. She's like, "I can't. I know I should, but I can't." You're gonna get yourself fucking killed, you dumb broad. Also, if you get caught, your all your work will be lost. She she warns him. And the doctor's like, oh, well, it might be time to kill Conga and start over in Africa. <laughs> but not for several weeks, though. Yeah, so let's just invite Sandra over for dinner. Yes, I'll go to Bob's funeral and invite his girlfriend Sandra over for dinner. Not his family, Ugh. just his girlfriend. Gross. So no one will suspect that I had anything to do with it. I'll go to his funeral and invite his girlfriend over, who now is available. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and Margaret agrees to this nonsense. Later, there we cut to them having, a, I guess, after-dinner tea with Sandra. Margaret and the doctor and Sandra are all there having tea. And the doctor wants to show Sandra the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And fucking puts his hand around her waist as he's leading her out, just right in front of Margaret. <sighs> and she oh. finally starts to catch on when she sees this. She's kind of like, huh. And Sandra's all like, oh, why would I, I can't get over, why would anyone want to kill him? And the doctor just tells her, you must try to forget. Forget about that. The fact that your boyfriend died just yesterday. (laughs) What are you still doing thinking about that, you silly bitch? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he shows off his puppet plants (laughs) and shows one that he says he created. Mm-hmm. I bypassed normal evolution with blah, 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 nonsense, insectivorous. I turned ex- insectivorous plants into carnivorous plants. And Sandra sticks her hand out like a dumbass <laughs> to one of the plants that tries to snap at her. She almost loses her hand and then asks about why it's so hot. <sighs> and he tells her, I want you to get used to it. Oh, this... So I can replace Margaret with you, basically. Like me with a spoon. Yeah, he's like, he says, these are his words. He says, I need you to assist me in every way. I need a young, fresh mind. Besides, I need more than a laboratory assistant. I'm like, I, like, fucking puke. Like, this scene is disgusting. She says, uh... You already have a able assistant, even though she's been all about being his assistant at school, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, banging the uh, uh, chalkboard erasers and whatever the hell he wants <laughs> done. Yeah. yeah. She points out that he, he has an able assistant. And he's like, oh, she I tried to train her, but she's old and dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I need you to work with me to be with me. Oh, no. And the, so Margaret overhears all of this and goes to get conga while the doctor starts pawing at, uh, at, at Sandra and, you know, yeah, sex, he's sec- sexually assaulting her. He's, he's sexually assaulting her. Yeah, but gets, in this very ineffective, yeah. But in its very ineffective movie way, uh, because, you know, there's not going to nothing's going to get too graphic in this movie. Even when people get killed, it's all, you know, fairly 
not graphic. So he's pawing at her and trying to kiss her neck and she's struggling and saying no. Um, so yeah, at this point we find out Sandra's not at all into this. She, uh, and seems totally surprised at the situation. Yeah. And I certainly don't want to, you know, do any victim blaming or anything, but it does seem a little clueless of her that she didn't realize things were heading in this direction. Uh, not her fault. I think it's just, you know, badly written is all. Yeah. Uh, but then she starts complaining about it. It's, it's, it's too hot. I have to get out of here. Maybe she's just still trying to just make excuses and not jeopardize her academic career. Yeah. But rather than saying, I need to get out of here because I don't want you putting your gross hands all over me. She's just complaining about how hot it is. It is 90 degrees and they're Britain and not used to that. But it, yeah, it just all seems... I think she's just trying to like find a safe way out and a safe exit yeah. out because it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, at this point he has let go of her and she, um, well, but he is between her and the door. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. it's just, it's, it's just bad. It's bad. It's disgusting. It's so uncomfortable. And it's like, if you're going to watch the movie, this scene is like a little rapey. So, yeah, fortunately does not get to that point. Other things happen before it can get to that point. There's nothing okay about what's happening here. It's, 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 it's terrible. Yeah. So, oh, Ed, she, t- she tells him that I'm not ready to work with you. I still have so much to learn. And he says, I'll be the judge of that. Don't you know I love you? No, he does not. <laughs> he does not love anybody. He doesn't know what love is. He is not capable of loving. He just sees a thing that he wants mm-hmm. and it's going to take it. Not even a person he wants, because he's just people are just things to him, either things that yeah. are useful or things that are in his way. <clears throat> and so she is a thing he wants, and he's going to just try to take it. So uh, this whole thing just the thing is, he it's all kind of cartoony in that he's just so he's so evil pointlessly evil on every level like it wasn't enough that he was doing this mad science and that he was killing his rivals yeah but now he's like but he also has yeah (laughs) yes he's also doing being starting out as a creep but then just straight up attempting to rape her and then but i guess it is all really part of the same thing of just Anything he wants, he's just going to try to take it. Mm-hmm. Power, glo- power, glory, knowledge. Uh, the norms of society don't matter. Even going back to he he's sleeping with his housekeeper, but he won't marry her because he can't be bothered to do that. It'll, it'll be much easier to get rid of her if I'm not later when I'm done with her, if I'm not married to her. Mm-hmm. Uh so, but meanwhile, Margaret knows how to hypnotize Conga <laughs> and has done so and is trying to take over. Like, you will listen to me and you'll obey me now. And then she gives him and a great gets big more, shot. Yeah, gets yeah. more serum. And she seems to think it's just going to make him stronger. 
mm-hmm. and give him the power to do what she needs him to do. But of course, that's not what happens. Uh, so she says, go, Conga, you have your orders. Obey me. And then he starts to move and then pauses so that he can grow more. <laughs> and she starts screaming because, yeah, like a dumbass, she didn't realize he was going to grow. And he starts knocking shit over, turns over the table in exactly the same way he did in the other scene. Starts yeah. a fire because he knocks a Bunsen burner that's still lit off the table. <laughs> and grabs Margaret and turns her into a doll. Picks her little bitch ass up. Yep. Then throws her into the fire. And Bad. sort of jumps up and through the ceiling. But then yeah. continues to grow through the roof of the house. And we get to see some good destruction of the toys. Yeah. He crashes. Bit. Yeah. He crashes through the wall and out of the house. And then he looks through the top of the greenhouse because they didn't hear any of this shit going on in the greenhouse. <laughs> and he sees the doctor and Sandra through the greenhouse roof. And he's pawing at her again. The, the doctor and Sandra yeah. breaks away. Conga breaks through the roof. And one of the plants grabs poor Sandra by the <laughs> arm. One of the fly traps just chomps down on her arm. And at the same time, Conga grabs the doctor. And, uh, <laughs> Conga, uh, the doctor's yelling, Conga, let me down. But Conga's not obeying anymore. All of these experiments about his obedience have failed because now that he's giant, he's not obeying anybody. And somebody must have called the fire brigade because they come. Here they come. Driving up with the sirens. And don't notice the giant gorilla straight away. They start unloading their hoses and stuff. And then one of them turns and looks and goes, wow, look, the doctor's yelling, help me. And he calls Conga a fool. Chaos. Chaos. Conga, you fool. And like, that's not going to work. <laughs> and we never find out what happens to Sandra. Yeah, Sandra I just got guess, by the plant. Well, the plant's not big enough to eat all of her. Well, it was pretty much, I mean, by the end of it, like from the beginning, it just like got her hand. And then by the end of it, her yeah. whole arm is in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I. Th they don't tell us what happens to her, but the building she is in is not on fire. So perhaps the fire brigade at some point hear her screams and go help. But at the very least, her arm is going to be terribly injured. She's dead. Possibly she might have to, depending on how bad, how strong this is, she might lose the arm, but maybe she just gets sort of a acidy burn from the digestive juices of the plant and some scrapes or. He's dead to me. Yeah, she's dead. I just found <laughs> it weird that they don't, they don't tell us what happens to her because Conga strolls away. He doesn't stomp on the greenhouse. Yeah. He, he takes a stroll into town. Uh, and we get some panic in the streets. Panic, and the chaos. Ah. 
the doctor keeps calling for help. Some people run, others kind of stand around for a little while and then run. The police get the call. It's on its way towards where? Uh, let's, uh, yes, one of the police, I think it's one of the ones we saw before, gets his call, and he's like, what, what, it's where? Yes, right away. Fantastic. There's a huge monster gorilla that's constantly growing to outlandish proportions running loose in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) And he's moving towards the embankment area. The street chaos went on for about eight minutes too yeah, long. Yeah. The thing is that I find weird about this whole thing, though, is from the the perspective of the people in the movie. In King Kong, everybody knew that by the time he goes on his rampage, Kong has is a known factor. You know, they're putting on a big show. It's been publicized. It's the biggest show in town. Everybody knows at this point that this giant gorilla exists. So when he breaks out, everybody's like, oh, no, the giant gorilla got loose. These people until this moment have no idea that such a thing is exists or is even possible. Just suddenly, boom, out of nowhere, there's a giant gorilla. Yeah. In Godzilla, too, they know that Godzilla is heading towards the city before he gets there. And in most of these movies, they have some idea that something is coming before it gets there. But but in this movie, just boom, giant gorilla. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, the police get this call and they just believe it instantly and go. Uh, get all the police to come to headquarters to get arms because we're in England, so they don't have guns on them already. Yeah. They got to come to the police station and get some, get guns and then uh, call the commissioner and call the war office. And then we see the police and the army moving out. No, nobody has to take any time to convince anybody that this is not a joke. They all just immediately start moving out because giant gorilla. Yeah. And Conga just sort of stands around and then casually strolls around a bit more. He doesn't tear much up. I think it might just be uh, no budget or or can't be bothered. Shots of like just his legs, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like a few shots where it's like just his legs were like going across the screen. And I was like, well, that's weird (laughs) there is one shot where he reaches over a building and there's people oh yeah and he's like uh, scooping like trying to scoop the people up yeah people are running it's it's kind of well done until you look too close yeah yeah uh real people are running in front of the building as conga reaches over it from behind but if you look you can see where the seam is where they've pasted the two pieces of film together or however the technique works um, but it looks fairly smooth if you don't look too close. Yeah, uh, like like I said, but he really only way too long. Like yeah. it was just like okay, okay. What's well, it goes on for the thing is it goes on for a long time, but nothing happens because yeah, he tears up the house that he burst out of, uh-huh. but then he doesn't tear up the rest of the city. He just kind of walks around. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of running and screaming. He stands around some more. Uh, People abandon their cars and start running. 
And then Conga stops in front of Big Ben. And then the people all stop to watch. Yeah. They're like, look, he stopped. Yeah. And instead of saying, here's our chance to get away, they just are like, oh, well, let's wait and see what he does. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody yells out, where could he have come from? Yeah. (laughs) It's a a big surprise. And Conga and the crowd just kind of stand there and stare at each other. And then the... uh, Police pull up while the doctor struggles uselessly. The army arrives and starts setting up. Conga just watches like a big dummy. The uh, police commissioner, a general, and some dude all agree that all they can do is try to bring him down at once. Yeah. So, so they do. Pew, 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 pew. They shoot a... They, they shoot like a lot of bullets. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I... Lots of bullets seem to miss. They're <laughs> using uh, some kind of tracer bullet, which they often do in these movies, so that we can see where the bullets are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a real thing. The, uh, every few rounds has some kind of phosphorus or something on it, that, uh, or in it, so you can see the path of the bullet and get an idea if you're shooting where you want to shoot. And they're all missing him, even though he's, you know, as big as a fucking house, as big as Big Ben. The bullets all seem to be going up and over his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, But then he starts acting as if some of the bullets are hitting him. Right. And then Conga throws the doctor to the ground. But yeah. then just stands there and gets shot at. With by so, like bazookas and shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they do pull out a bazooka. No, the bazooka hits Big Ben, but oh. does no damage to it. <laughs> so they couldn't, they couldn't bother to, you know, build models for him to tear up other than the first one. And nor is he smart. And this is where I say that he he's very smart and that he seems to understand all these inst- instructions. But he's also a complete idiot because he just stands there and gets shot at. Yeah. When he could have just turned and run away and gotten, you know, ran much faster than these these cars, probably. And this is probably like the easiest kaiju takedown that we've seen, (laughs) because usually there is a bunch of not only guns, but tanks and rockets and bombs that have no effect. Yeah. Before some fancy trick has to be pulled. And even way back in King Kong, the planes shoot him and yeah, maybe right. they killed him, he, but right maybe now, it's the fall. Go ahead. That that Kong, it's not clear if the planes killed Kong or the fall from the building kills Kong. Right. It might just be the planes hurt him a little bit and then he lost his grip and then the fall killed him. That's it's unclear. But that's, the, you know, our first of these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Then they get harder and harder to kill. Even the even the uh, tarantula regular bullets weren't stopping him. But yeah, regular old bullets from normal sized guns because the bazooka misses him seem to be what takes down Conga. Yeah, and he's like standing by this clock tower this whole time, and I'm like, "Oh, here it comes! Yeah. We're gonna have a moment." No, no nope. moment. Nope. There's Does no not... reason for the clock tower. Nothing happens. Like... Well, he's it's there for it's there for scale. 
I mean, it, well, it's there because it's a recognizable landmark. It's Big Ben. But it's also there so we can see how big he is. But they can't be bothered to build a model of it. This is just an actual shot of the real Big Ben. Yeah. With Conga superimposed in front of it. Because they're not going to build a model, a model for him to tear down. So, uh, and, and they don't even do an effect where the bazooka sh- shot that hits it does any damage. There's just an explosion in front of it. Nothing, nothing happens. But the music gets very dramatic as Conga falls down and the bells of Big Ben begin to chime. Conga doesn't appear to fall on anybody. <laughs> yes? Oh, no, I was just sighing. <laughs> oh, I thought that sounded like a gasp. And then we get the ripple, ripple, ripple as Conga turns back into a chimp. <laughs> what? It doesn't appear to be as if he were some kind of fucking werewolf who's <laughs> going to revert to his true form. Yeah. And he what? lies there so, dead. It's a so chimp, But some kind of a chimpanzee doll. They haven't gotten the trained chimp to play dead. It looks like there's just some chimpanzee doll laying there next to the doctor as the crowd gathers around. And Big Ben chimes and looks down on the dead people with disdain. <laughs> It, it they just play it as if Big Ben is like, ha ha, take that. Ugh, I stand voice. here, I stand here with resolve, as my enemies lay crushed before me. But where does it the? Where did all this mask go? It just dissipated into the air. I mean, where? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that he grow that he would grow that fast anyway to begin with because matter doesn't come out of nowhere he's gonna he needs to take in fuel to convert into more mass over time yeah that doesn't happen over the course of seconds but then all that mass just dissipates and he turns back into a chimpanzee because this movie is terrible terrible fart noise (laughs) so that ladies and gentlemen is conga Honeybee, what do you rate Conga? Uh, I'm going to give Conga a... I guess a two? Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's a two. I did not like it. Um, I, I've got to say ones for things like Manos, the Hands of Fate, but... Conga is definitely a, I think it's a two. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a two. Two for sure. I just found it so weird that our our protagonist, our main character, was just such a straight-up evil mad scientist. Just bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I did download some of the comics. I'll read them at some point. The uh, comics... Uh, what was the name of comics plus I'll post a link in the show notes. There is a website that has some public domain comics on it that you can read online or download. And uh, both the Gorgo and the Conga and a, and a number of other Charlton comics and, and a bunch of other stuff. I found a uh, Buster Crab 
comic book. Not not a Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers comic book, a Adventures of Buster Crab. Wow. Who comic book that he used to have way back when is on the same website. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Buster Crab was a film actor who played both Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and uh, Tarzan uh, on one occasion and a bunch of other stuff. And he had his own he had his own comic book where he played himself doing the same kind of crazy shit he did in his uh, action movie serials. Uh all right. I guess Honeybee that's going to wrap it up for today. Wrap it up, wrap it in. All right. Yeah, Conga. Next week's movie is uh Mothra. Mothra. From Back to from Japan, Japan, baby. It Let's does go. not appear to be streaming free anywhere right now, but it is available to buy or to rent on uh, Vudu and, and I think on all the other major streaming services, platforms where you can rent and buy digital movies. Until then, I have been Precious D. And uh, I've been Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.